Would you open God's precious holy word to Psalm 140? It's generally agreed that this psalm is written by David, was written by David, in a time when he worked and served in King Saul's court. David was light in the middle of darkness. So naturally he was despised, if you can think of the setting. Saul was the people's choice. And as, as we've been studying in Samuel on uh, Wednesday nights, he quickly peaked. But it was always all Saul. And he was in this thing for himself. And his descent took a while. He, he understood in the due course of time that there was another to take his place that God had chosen. But he fought against that in his reign as king. Other servants of Saul would have known that. <clears throat> they would also have known that King David or David at this point was uh, the one who increasingly Saul was jealous of. David, Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands. So David is alone pretty much in service to the king and finds himself increasingly the brunt of, of lies and deceitful information. And we've already talked about on other occasions how a psalm was written by David because others had lied about him. That was much, what we covered, that was much later in his life. This is early in his life. When you read the Psalms of David, many of them are during a time in his life when he is having to deal personally with how people have lied about him just made stuff up and spread disinformation. Generally it's agreed that this is the background of this particular psalm. A young man, David, serving the Lord and despised by everybody else in service to Saul. And even, even despised by Saul uh, in certain ways. So let's look at this 140th Psalm. What sinners do to God's people. Uh, a word of, a word of uh, instruction here. I take, I take mine straight from the Hebraica. And this is one of those where I think I'm a verse ahead of you. I think in your Bible, your translation will have verses 1 and 2 as verse 1, which will put us off a little bit. So uh, I'll be a verse ahead of you. Just keep that in mind and help you keep up with where we are, okay? For the conductor, a song of David. Rescue me, Yahweh, from an evil man and from an, a man of robbery. You shall guard me. Who plotted evil things in their heart. 
Every day they gather to wage war. They whetted their tongue like a serpent, the venom of a spider under their lips forever. So it starts out with a thought. People are thinking evil of me. It moves from there to a word. They are speaking against me. Their tongue like a serpent. Then they move. They actively move against him. Guard me, Yahweh, from the hands of a wicked man, from a man of robber. You shall watch me who plotted to cause my steps to slip. Haughty men have concealed a snare for me, and with ropes they spread a net beside my path. They laid traps for me constantly. Can you imagine being in a position of somewhat importance? David's position as a young man in the court of Saul started out as a a rather minor position. And it was as though Saul thought, well, I'll get rid of this kid by just putting him on the battlefield. Next thing you know, he becomes a hero in battle. So things didn't work out well for Saul like that. And David is a rookie at this game, if you want to call it that. And he is facing something that is very, that's very difficult to face. That is a constant barrage of misinformation and disinformation about, his, about who he is, about what he intends to do, about, about, oh, he's conspiring, he's working against the king. king. These things are hard to fight. It's very, very, did I, I gave you the story last time about old Big Jim Folsom and, and uh, when mud is being slung. This, this again applies, but this is much earlier in his life. So, so David, inspired by God to have this prayer, understands that they're thinking evil of him. Then they speak evil of him. And then they act evil against him. So then, this is what sinners do to God's people. So then what should God's people do to sinners? Maybe there are so many psalms dealing with a believer living in a world of delusion and delusionary people, liars, who have, who, have no, uh, who have no qualms at all about spreading inf- disinformation, misinformation, lies, false tales, false things. This is, this is almost an impossible thing to fight when it just comes from everywhere. And there's all kinds of stuff and you don't know, you don't know how to respond to these things. What do God's people, what did David do? Well, here it is. He prays, you're, you're my God. You're, you're, you're the God of all that I... I said to Yahweh, you're my God. Hearken, Yahweh, to the voice of my supplications. Now, a supplication is a specific list. So, David is very specific. So, what do God's people do in the face of uh, people who are against them? Especially on something like this where you're... You're otherwise helpless. 
it should be acknowledged here as a, as a, uh, a spiritual battle. God is undefeated in spiritual battles. So he appeals to his God. And he lifts the supplications, lists of things that he needs help for from Yahweh. So Yahweh Adonai, Lord my God, the might or the, or the strength of my salvation, you shall protect my head on the day of battle. I said earlier, Saul, one of Saul's solutions, he thought, was to let David go into battle. Well, David becomes a war hero because he had appealed to Yahweh Adonai to protect him. You see, God had a purpose for David and David was invincible as God worked heaven's purpose in the life of David. He prays. Here's my list. These are the things I desperately need. So he calls him Yahweh Yah Adonai, Adonai being master. You own me, Adonai. You are my master. You shall protect my head on the day of battle. Yahweh, do not grant the desires of the wicked. Whatever they were saying about David, however they were lying, and how the lies were being spread about him, he appeals to Yahweh. Yahweh controls the minds of people. He can do what he wants to do. Do not grant the desires of the wicked. Do not let his thoughts succeed, for they are constantly haughty. So what do we do? We appeal to the Lord. We trust him. We become very personal with him. We come with a very distinct list of desires. And we place ourselves in the hand of Yahweh who has a purpose for us because he is the strength of our salvation. We are not the strength of our salvation. He is the strength or the might of our salvation. And so we stand in that place of knowing we are able to claim God's protection because God is the one really ultimately who has placed us in this seat of service and being placed in the seat of service is what has drawn the fire of the enemy. And God has no ill purpose for that. It's, it's of the purpose of God. Well, you and I already know the rest of the story. What happens in the Bible? God says, your throne will last forever. We're here assembled in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the king of kings, knowing they were on the precipice of the establishment, I believe, of the kingdom of God on planet earth. After a time of, of tribulation and the son of David will reign on the throne of David and he will reign into the ages of the ages. We already know where this thing is headed. God made a promise. God's going to keep the promise. It's an eternal promise. So here's what his prayer was then. Don't grant their desires, these wicked people. Don't let their thoughts be successful. They're always this way. They're constantly after me. This is the plight of the child of God. 
And the more you seek to serve him, the greater the troubles may seem to be. There is an old oriental proverb, the taller the tree, the stronger the wind. Saul is not a man of God. He is a perfect example of a man of the flesh and he is in authority over God's people. God has already told the prophet Samuel that he has chosen a man after his, his heart who pursues the heart of God, who doesn't pursue his own heart. He pursues the heart of God. It becomes obvious that David is this man and he becomes a magnet for attack, spiritual attack. And it's when that happens, it's easy to see the people through whom Satan works. So it was with David. But he appeals to Yahweh on the basis of all of that. His service to the Lord, God's anointing of him as the progenitor of the Christ, the promise that his throne will last forever, that he will have a very important part in the establishment of the eternal kingdom first on earth and then on the new earth into the ages. So here it is. What do God's people do to sinners? Well, we pray for the Lord to help us against them. There's nothing wrong with that. And we see how it has worked out in the history of time. Now here's what sin does to sinners. The numbers of those who surround me, may the lies of their lips cover them. In other words, <laughs> their lips are going to beat them to death. I used to have a problem from time to time as a younger pastor. My dad was still alive. My daddy, he'd been a pastor since he was six, a preacher since he was 16 years old. So he'd been around the block a few times. And I would speak about certain, I would speak privately with him about certain people that just seemed to really be giving me problems. His response was always the same. You live the life that God has called you to live, serve the way God has called you to serve, and if you give these people enough rope, they'll hang themselves. So this is sort of what David is saying here. Their lips are going to beat them to death. Fiery coals will descend on them. He will cast them into fire and wars so that they will not rise. Now think about that, okay? The conspiracy is for David to go to war and maybe to be put in a prominent position with shiny armor on a shiny horse so that it would say to all of the enemy, shoot me here. Here's what happens to their arrows. On his left and on his right, in the heat of battle, David is surrounded by those who have lied about him, conspired against him. And where do you think the arrows and the spears go? They go deep into the chests and bosoms of those around him and they never hit him. 
So here, thus is the prayer. He will cast them into fire and wars, and they will not rise, they'll fall. A slanderer will not be established on earth. Another thing my daddy used to say about liars is, son, if you're going to lie, and he probably caught me in a few along the way, if you're going to lie, you'd better have a perfect memory <laughs> because somewhere you'll contradict yourself. The truth is always the truth. And it is stronger than fiction. Well, here, a slanderer, and this is true, will never be established on the earth, a man of violence. The evil will trap him with thrust upon thrust. The wickedness of his life will wind up beating him to death. Who comes out on top in that era of David's life? David comes out on top. He becomes the hero of the people and Saul becomes greatly diminished while the minions of Saul fall in battle. Seeing that their plan reversed upon them. What God does for his people. I know that Yahweh will perform the judgment of a poor man, the cause of the needy. But the righteous will thank your name. Offer praise, thanksgiving to your name. And the upright will sit before you. David was innocent of all of the things that he may have been accused of. The information that was being used against him. Those things weren't true. And what happens? What God declared of David happened with David. Saul fell on his sword after he had been to a witch for counsel. He killed himself. Enter David, the great king, David. The upright will sit before you, an established place. Not a place of wandering or a place of confusion. A place that has been established not by David, but by God Almighty. Satan works. And sometimes it may seem that he has these temporary victories or whatever. But ultimately, God's purpose will reign supreme. And the upright will be seated in his presence. It's a pretty good lesson for life. Well, let's pray and we'll be through. Father God in heaven, Lord, thank you for teaching us how to deal with a world filled with deceit. A world that conspires 
to destroy your people. Father, help us to understand the power of prayer and the privilege that you have granted to us of being your own. And comfort us with this and help us to understand that at the end of all things as we understand them right now, the righteous will be seated in your presence forever. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you for being here.